You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Zer Shimshon, Parsha Shalach, on page Kuf Pei Beis. Unfortunately, the Parsha we just read is a tragic one. Parsha Shalach, the story of the Maraglim. And the Medrash Yalkut, he quotes on the left column on page Kuf Pei Beis, the entire congregation, they lifted themselves up and cried out. That night, Leil Tishabav Haya was the night of Tishabav. Amar HaKadosh Baruch and Hashem says to them, You cry for nothing? Just like uh, many uh, parents are prone to say, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> I will establish this night as crying for all generations. That's the Medrash, similar and similar language in the Gemara. That basically because they cried for nothing, that became the time that if they're going to cry, it's not... It's not uh, it, it's not that they were so much punished that they were going to cry in the future, but that, um, well, maybe you could say that, but that this would be the time that they would cry. But what's the connection? It can't just be that because they cried, they're going to cry over something else. There has to be a real connection between the story of the Miraglim and the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. So Nagdim Apostolic, so I want to first explain, there's a verse in the book of Yirmiyahu. Ki Allah maves pachaloneinu, death has entered through our window. Bab armenoseinu, he has come into our palace. Lahachris olel michutz, to destroy the children who are outside, bachurim merechovos, and the young men from the streets. That's a verse in the Yirmiyahu talking about the destruction of the temple. And he uses this interesting term that death has entered through the window. What does that mean? This verse has many questions. But specifically, death which enters through the window. What does windows have to do with anything? So to answer this question, he's going to share with us some information which we would never know unless we see it from the sources of the of the, from those who did know these kinds of things. The Kasav Sefer Tuvha Aretz. Okay, I, I don't know exactly what this means. We're just reading and translating. We get a picture of what this means, but Yesh Lamala Chalon Echad. There is up there above a window. Mechuvan Neged Beis Hamikdash, which stands over the Beis Hamikdash. Picture a skylight going from our universe to the upper world. Kulo and the Beis Hamikdash resides completely underneath that window. When the spiritual flow would come down in the days of the Beis Hamikdash through the channel of Malchus, which is Hashem's sovereignty, all the light, everything that shined down, would come straight down ad chalona niskar until this window, the yarad misham ad Beis Hamikdash, and then through the window 
this light would go to the Beis HaMikdash. Umi Beis HaMikdash, and then from the Beis HaMikdash, Yispashet al-Kal Eretz Yisrael, that light would spread to all of Eretz Yisrael. Basically, what he's describing is a skylight, which you may be familiar with, because Yaakov calls it Zeshar HaShamayim, the gate, the gateway to heaven. So the Tuva Aret says that this is the form of a window. Uksharabu haparitzim bebeis hamikdash rishon mehevel divrei lashon hara. And when it came in the first beis hamikdash, that there were people who were talking lashon hara, even though the first beis hamikdash was really destroyed because of the three cardinal sins, but there was also lashon hara. But lashon hara specifically, hischil lihisager maat maat. When a person speaks lashon hara, that window closes a little bit. Every time you speak Lashon Hara. Almost like a person who has noisy neighbors. But it's hot outside, so you keep the window open. But then when the neighbors are being very noisy, you close the window a little bit, maybe a little bit more. Then the neighbors get noisier, so you have to close the windows more. He's saying the same way, when we talk Lashon Hara, that's us being noisy neighbors. And the window slowly gets closed. Ad until the ninth of Av, Nizgar Kulo, the window was finally shut closed. V'nifsek ha-shefa, and there was no more flow coming down. V'nechra v'abayis, and that's why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Adkan, Hashonah, that's what it says in the Sefer Tuv Ha'aretz. V'le'el ha-marakasuf, that's why it says in Yirmiyahu, V'yidichu es l'shonam kashtam shaker v'lo, Yirmiyahu talks about complaining about how the Jewish people were talking Lashon Hara. It says, Chetz shachut l'shonam, like a sharpened arrow was their tongues. Mir madiber, they spoke deceit. Because Yirmiyahu was trying to explain that what's bringing the destruction of the temple is the people who are talking Lashon Hare, that's what it means. Ki ala maves that death has entered through the window, means... He's explaining the verse in Yermiyahu, Shemachmas Hevel Lashon Hara, because of the words, really the uh, the breath that went up from the Lashon Hara, Ba Maves Ba death came through that window which was sealed. But know that now we know, Shikra Misa, the real death, who Shinizguru Venistumiosa Haadam Oros Hachachma Alyona. What is death? There's no difference physically between a person alive and a person who's dead. There's just missing that life within the person. So he says that the Arizal tells us that when a person dies, when the 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 um, they call it the the wiring, the electricity that runs through the wiring is cut off. That electricity is the light of above, which cuts off that flow from above to the person's body. Al-Darach, as it says in the verse in Kohelas, It's the wisdom of God, meaning the light of God's wisdom, that gives life. And therefore, That's why the closing of the window is a death. That's exactly what it is. When you cut off the spiritual flow, that's what death is. When the window was closed... So that's what brought death into the into the temple. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed because of the people who spoke Lashon Hara.
Now, he's still not back in our parsha yet. He's still explaining the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And now he continues on the verse. How does that verse finish? To cut off the child on the outside. Because we know that Lashon Hara is what spreads the disease called Askara, which is a throat illness. And Askara, this throat illness, affects children more than it does adults. That's why the verse continues, that when we speak Lashon Hara, not only do we destroy the Beis HaMikdash, but we cause this disease to spread, especially amongst the children. Even on the outside, the famous statement in the Gemara that says, that someone who speaks Lashon Hara, could, their arrows could reach further than anyone else. Because it's impossible for me to be, this is what the Yerushalmi says, for me to be in Eretz Yisrael and to kill someone in Rome, or for someone to be in Rome and to kill someone in Eretz Yisrael, but Lashon Hara can do that. I can talk Lashon Hara about someone and kill someone a thousand miles away. So that's what the verse means. To kill the children, even on the outside, means from whatever distance they may be, Lashon Hara can bring harm to anyone. Ubachurim and they can even kill the young men in the streets. It says that David HaMalach won all the wars that he fought. He won every, he was the greatest general that Klal Yisrael ever had, but a lot of people died in those wars. Why? Because they spoke Lashon Hara. They, they weren't, in the days of David, Lashon Hara was a big issue. In fact, David HaMalach himself suffered from people who speak Lashon Hara all his life. And in Sefer Tehillim, he has so many harsh statements about people who speak Lashon Hara and how dangerous that is and the harm that they cause. So that's why it says that even though in the days of David... They were, David was a tzaddik, and they were great people, and they were much more learned than we were, and they had this great zuchus of David HaMelech. Nevertheless, people died in war because they spoke Lashon Hara. The Od Hosef, and then the verse continues, that the, the, basically the corpses of the people were falling over, uh, amongst the fields. As the Gemara tells us, someone who speaks Lashon Hara, should be thrown to the dogs. Again, this is the end of his explanation of the verse in Yirmiyahu. What he's saying is, and we'll get back to Meraglim in a minute, but he's saying that Yirmiyahu is saying that even though we usually say that the first base of English was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins, but Lashon Hara was really the deeper cause of it all. Because when you speak Lashon Hara, you slowly close that window between us and Hashem. Now you'll understand another famous verse where it says, Why was the land destroyed? So Hashem answered the prophet, Because they abandoned my Torah, That I placed before them, They didn't hear my voice, And they didn't follow it. So when it says they abandoned my Torah, that could be talking about the regular sins, the cardinal sins which they did. But then they went further 
and la'aflo shamu b'koli, they also didn't listen to my voice. Shekama pa'amim izhartim. How many times do I have to tell the Jewish people? Shelo l'saper lashon hara, not to speak lashon hara. They misaprim, and they do speak lashon hara. And on top of that, not only do the Jewish people suffer always from speaking lashon hara, umekablim also, that the Jewish people accept and receive the lashon hara. And even then, if they would return to Torah, then they would be healed. They would learn not to be like that. The Gemara says, if someone is a Mitzorah, if someone got leprosy because they spoke Lashonara, study Torah. The healing of the tongue is the tree of life. And because the Jewish people didn't try to fix themselves, they didn't follow this way, that's why the land was lost. Now let's go back to the Meraglim. Now we understand the Medrash in our Parsha. Like we said, the Beis Hamikdash was only destroyed once the window, once the window was closed. And the window is closed, not from any sins. Meaning you can have murderers, and you can have adulterers and idolaters, and there's still a window open. It's only Lashon Hara. So when the days of the Beis HaMikdash, when they repeated the sin of the Meraglim of Lashon Hara, the sins of their forefathers, of the spies, was awakened, and there was a connection between those sins. Meaning, when somebody does something, uh, let's say this is true of a, of a child who um, sins against their parent, or a student who sins against the teacher, or a, an employee sins against the employer. So th- sometimes people make mistakes, people do different, different things wrong. And sometimes you can forgive someone. Let's, let's go use the example of an employer and an employee. If an employee is caught um, stealing uh, some money, so sometimes they have to be fired, sometimes you realize the person explains, you know what, I was going to pay it back, or this, and, and, and the employer keeps them. Now, now there's a zero tolerance at this point. If you've already gone to a point where you've forgiven them, you've worked it out, if they, if they do something else, you know, they come late for a week, so then you, have, you can put them on uh, probation for that too. If they get into a, a, a fight with another worker, but if they steal money again, then, then there's really nothing you can do because we've already gone there. And that's what he's saying here. When Klal Yisrael um, sinned with the Meraglim, it created this big effect that we became a people who Lashon Hara is very damaging to us. And even though Hashem let it go, punished us for 40 years, brought us into the Midbar, when we become Bali Lashon Hara like that, one person speaking Lashon Hara isn't going to undo it. But when we as a people become people who speak Lashon Hara, which is what was happening, he says, it awakened the original sin, and that's why it happens on Tishabav, the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, to say you should know. I'm not just punishing you for this. This is a sign that that it's it goes back to the original mistake. That's what Hashem is saying. I'll give you what to cry for all generations. Because if the children 
grab onto, hold onto, repeat the sins of their forefathers. They'll cry forever, on this day. So the Jewish people sin with other things, you know what, Hashem's got to deal with it. But with Lashon Hara, this becomes a return to the state of the Miraglim. At that point, just like the Jewish people had to suffer in exile in the wilderness for 40 years, that's going to lead to an exile, a destruction of the Beis Amikdash. And it's a very negative thought to have, this is very sad, but it's supposed to inspire us to recognize the seriousness of Lashon Hara and the effect that it has, and the way that Chazal are telling us that this is so completely destructive. You know, a, a verbal abuse, for instance, to a child. You know, and if the child if the child is abused when they're young, it's very hard for them to overcome that. So, it, would that be somewhat of the so, same thing? That's kind of a, a fight. You know, uh, I, I would say it. I mean, it's without question, it's prohibited. You know, mm-hmm. Hurting someone in any way uh, is yeah, a, is yeah. a bad thing, yeah, and, and uh, hitting uh, hurting children is um, certainly even worse. I wouldn't put it under the category of Lashon Hara, though, because uh, Lashon Hara is generally more where I affect one person's opinion about another through my words. And and within that definition, uh, because Lashon Hara, people think, is words. The Chafetz Chaim makes it very clear. Anything which you do that causes someone to have a, a, a negative opinion about someone else, even body language, or sometimes people will make uh, gestures, or they'll stand behind someone and go. Uh, some, that's that's Lashon Hara. So it goes beyond speech, but it does focus um, still on me saying something or making you believe something about negative about someone else. So uh, obviously people who... Uh, abuse children uh, physically or verbally or emotionally or any of these ways, it's a bad thing. I wouldn't put it in this category, though. According to what we just read, it seems to me that the reason to, for the destruction of uh, Beit HaMikdash was Lashon Hara both times, not... Right, so right. The major reason was... Right, that's what, that seems to be what he's saying. So he he's trying to explain that it was the sins that, uh, you know, the three cardinal sins that were the big sins that we were committing, but that Hashem was still willing to work with us, and then the Lashon Har cut, cut, closed the window. So it's still because of the cardinal sins, but the real catalyst was the Lashon Hara, yeah. And uh, in the second temple, we would add Lashon Hara and Sinas Hinam, which is, which is a more general, which includes Lashon Hara, it sounds like there wasn't so much Sinat Chinam in the first Beit HaMikdash, so even though people weren't necessarily hating each other, but they still couldn't uh, like to talk about each other and put each other down in this way, which is, which is um, unfortunately still affecting the Jewish people. As I always like to say in the name of the Chavetz Chaim, Chavetz Chaim says, if we were put into exile for, for um, Sinat Chinam, for baseless hatred, then... If we would fix Sinas Chinam, even if we would suffer with other things, Hashem would have to take us back and then send us into exile again. So clearly, since we haven't been brought back and have the Beit HaMikdash rebuilt, so that means we're still hating each other, and it's hard to understand. You know, we're all, we're all um, brothers and sisters. Okay, let's turn to page Kuf Pei Vav.
Okay, I, I'm going to try to do this quickly. It's a longer piece, but uh, hopefully we can get through the majority of it. Here's a uh, very interesting explanation of what happens in the Parsha. Page Kuf Pevav, Ani Hashem Dibarti, I am Hashem, I have spoken. Im lo zos asa, if it is not, that this is what I shall do. Mahu im lo zos asa. What does this mean, if this is not what I shall do? Ech miskashra pasiyach. How do we read this verse? If Hashem is trying to say that when I say something is going to happen, it's really going to happen, who'd ever pasha? I think that's obvious. Hashem doesn't have to say to Moshe, when he's telling, giving the punishment to the Jewish people, he doesn't have to say, and you know, when I say things are going to happen, they're going to happen. But with Malwa Kefal, furthermore, why does it say, Yitamu, the Jewish people will expire, Visham Yamusu, and there they shall die. Im Yitamu, if they're going to expire in the wilderness, Pshitish Yamusu, of course, that means death. So he quotes the Kliyakar who says, Moshe complains and says, Hashem, are you going to kill this entire people like one man? So the Kliyakar explains that Moshe's complaint was, that Hashem had wanted to say, okay, all the Jewish people are going to die. And Moshe says to Hashem, I'm not talking about you killing the Jewish people, but killing them in one moment, just wiping them out in one moment, that's a chil Hashem. Shizeu ma'ase gever ba'alma, this looks like the act of a, of a tyrant. Hamemaher linkom bekasa, who takes vengeance with his anger. Uchadai bizoyim ve'katsavli achaselev yizbarach midazu, and it would be a disgrace to Hashem. If people were to associate Hashem with that kind of person, you know, the people who, who when people, you know, there's a rebellion against them, and they send in the troops and just wipe out everyone in one day, that's, people see that as, as inappropriate and, uh, and inhumane. So, we don't want Hashem. That's what Moshe was arguing against Hashem, who wanted to destroy the Jewish people. That's why it says, Ani Hashem Dibariti, I am Hashem, I have spoken, Kolomar, Meaning, I am a God, and not man. I'm not saying it out of anger. This is the law. That was when Hashem responds to Moshe saying that when a king does that, it's because he's lost his mind. But I'm only punishing people based on the calculations that these people need to die. But, because it's not the case, but you're telling me, Moshe, that I can't do it because it's going to be a chil Hashem, meaning that the people on earth won't understand that this is the just punishment. So I'm not going to let them live. Here's what we'll do. We'll give them the next 40 years to die. That's the Kliyakar's explanation, that the debate between Moshe and Hashem was that um, Hashem wanted to wipe out all the Jewish people right there on that day. And Moshe argued that it's going to be a chil Hashem, and therefore Hashem gives the Jewish people another 40 years until they slowly would die out, one fortieth each year. But I don't understand. Did Hashem not know this response of Moshe? Does Hashem not consider the concept that uh, Hashem also tries to avoid a chilol Hashem? But if Hashem was not planning to do it, why was He saying that He's going to do it? 
Vyeshlomar, so the Zara Shimsha makes a suggestion which it takes someone like the Zara Shimsha to suggest. We would be afraid to suggest such a thing, but he knows. If Hashem would have wiped them out immediately, their death would have built a full would have been a full atonement. Full kapara. Because when a person sins and immediately dies, and they don't have any benefit from this world after that, they would go straight to Olam Because you can't get two punishments. God has also has the rules of uh, double jeopardy. So, so everyone has two parts. You get one Gan Eden and one Gehenim. One of them you're going to get in this world, and one of them you're going to get in the next world. Now, it's up to you. You can have a choice, right? So you can have your Gan Eden in this world, and then you'll get Gehenim in the next world, or you can use your Gehenim in this world, and Gan Eden in the next world. So he's saying, So someone who gets cut off from this world, immediately after the person sins, they get punished. That was their punishment, and now they go to Olam But if a person sinned, then he still gets to enjoy this world. Even if the person dies somewhat early, a person might lose their world to come because of the olamazeh which they have. Now, I, I want to make this clear. Many people confuse this concept. Uh, uh, you know, having benefit in this world is one of the uh, um, one of the opinions in the Gemara that there was a certain person who was afraid that whatever he has in this world is going to take away from his olamaba. We have this famous story of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. His wife, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, was poor, beyond poor. We can't even imagine what poor was. Every Friday, his wife would go out to collect certain grasses that make a lot of smoke, and she would put it in the oven so that it would look like they have something to to bake and cook for, for Shabbos. Um, because they, they had nothing, they just ate carobs all day. At one point she says to her husband, she says, you know what, this is, we can't live life like this, you gotta do something. So he davened, and then a hand appears from heaven, and dropped a golden leg in the middle of their house. This golden leg, probably worth, you know, a few, uh, a million dollars, they were gonna live the rest of their life off it. So that night he had a dream that all the other tables in heaven, in Gan Eden, have, um, three legs, while their table in Gan Eden only had two legs. So he told his wife, and she says, oh, no, 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 have them take it back. So he dove, and then he took a, a hand came out of heaven and took back the golden leg. So um, the Gemara says that to ask for a golden leg is not a big deal. You dove, and you can get a golden leg. But once they give it to you, for them to take it back, that, that, that takes serious, serious merit. Right, you have to be a really big tzaddik to be able to pray for that. But the point you see from a story like this, it feels like if you're in, in Olam Azeh, that you're using up your Olam Abba. And that's what it sounds like. I want to clarify this point. That's not the way it works. 
you have a certain amount of olamazeh that's given to every person. A person is supposed to make a certain amount of parnasa every year. A person is supposed to have a certain amount of mazel with uh, how long they live, how healthy they are, their children, the children's lives. All these things are set up how how a person should live. And along with that comes a certain amount that you're required in this world. As the Rambam writes... Um, the Rambam asks a question. He says, if, if I'm looking for, to receive Gan Eden, why am I praying for Parnassah in this world? And why does the Torah promise me, if I follow the mitzvos, that I will get, um, and I will send the rain in this time, the fields will grow, you'll thrive, you'll have, you'll have lots of uh, food and plenty. So, and even in Parshas B'chagosa, that's what the Torah promises us. And the Rambam explains like this, that you are given a certain... Um, package. You're given a certain amount of money, a certain amount of uh, skills and talents, and you have to use that to try to earn as much olam haba as possible. So if a person, I'm going to use funny numbers, but just bear with me here. If a person um, gets uh, $1,000, now that $1,000 costs 10 points in olam haba. I'm making up numbers. But if they after that thousand dollars, they give um, you know a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to tzedakah for miser or double miser, and then they use the rest to buy food. And with that food, they perform uh, use that energy to perform the mitzvahs and to study Torah and to daven, and they they um, send their kids to school. Or so with that thousand dollars that cost them ten points in olam haba, they've earned a million points. In Olam Abba. So there's basic economics says, that's what the Rambam writes, that yeah, you're getting your reign and you're getting rewarded for your mitzvahs, but it's not really rewards for your mitzvahs, it's further investment into using whatever you have. So, so that's not called using your Olam Abba. Rabbi Hanina Mendoza was not supposed to have he was praying to get something from the future. That's going to cost you an arm and a leg. In this case, just a leg. But but in, in the in the case of um, with us, we daven for us. Hashem should provide for us more opportunities to live our lives in the best way in His service, and therefore we earn more olam haba instead of it costing us. We gain more. So He's saying that for these people who committed this terrible sin, they. They, had they been punished right away, they would have received their full olam haba. Which is what Hashem originally wanted to do. Right. So, um, right. so I'm going to um, skip the next paragraph because we're running out of time. So, The only problem is that Hashem has a rule. That he doesn't do anything drastic unless he confers with his council, in this case, the leader of the Jewish people, Moshe Rabbeinu. As we find that Hashem, before he went to destroy Saddam, he went to talk with Avram about it. And Avram debated with God. And Avram lost the debate and Saddam was destroyed. So the same way, Hashem goes to Moshe and says, here's my plan, what do you think? This is why Parshas Bereshis, the Torah begins with, Nase Adam, Hashem says, let us make man, which is plural, even though Hashem himself is what, who made man. But it says, Hashem confers and takes counsel from the angels. So Hashem comes to Moshe. So Hashem says to Moshe, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe all these people out, and they'll go straight to Olam Abba. But Moshe says, no, but that's a chil Hashem. 
which is actually the same words Avram uses. Avram uses the same term, meaning Hashem. It's a disgrace for you. The righteous are the ones who increase the power of Hashem. Tzadik can't handle that there should be a desecration of Hashem's name. I'm going to skip that. Um, the only problem is that there's an issue here. That if they do survive the next 40 years, 40 years is a, is a long time for some of them. Right? Some would die after one, some would die after two, but they would die after 40 years. So they're going to lose their olam abba. So now we have a problem. Hashem wants to wipe them out because Hashem wants to do olam abba. Moshe is insisting he's not going to allow it because there's going to be a chilol Hashem. So again, you need someone like the Zerah Shimshon to say this. So Moshe says, why don't I die in Chutzlaretz? so that his generation can merit to come back into Chiyas HaMesim. Moshe Rabbeinu takes the burden of this punishment. Hashem says to Moshe, if you will die along with them, and you will be buried with them, they will enter into Israel in your merit. So now everyone asks this question. The famous expression in the Gemara. One person sins, another person has to suffer. Moshe's argument is what costs them the Olam Abba. So he suffers and dies in Chutzlars and never enters Eretz Yisrael. He undoes all the benefits after they sinned. And then he can bring them to Olam Abba. What an incredible explanation from the Zerah That's the answer. That's why Moshe dies in Chutz La'aretz. Because the Jewish people, there's this argument against them of they lived 40 years in in the Midbar, and Hashem took care of them, and they lived along. So that takes away from their ability to earn Olam Abba. But, yeah, I tell you, there's something deeper here, which is that Moshe's not being able to enter into Eretz Yisrael, seemingly, is as much pain for him as 600,000 people enjoyed living 40 years. Or divide it up into that pain that Moshe Rabbeinu experiences, and also the fact that Moshe is going to go out there and he's going to be there with them, and in his merit they're going to enter into Eretz Yisrael by Tchiat Amesim. That's why. Um, so he says, "Val Hashem dibarti." That's what it means. I Hashem have spoken. I'm not doing it out of anger or rage, like a human being would do to another person. When I want to wipe them out, it's out of Hashem's full mercy. So that they can go straight to Olam Abba. It's actually better for them to die. But I had to talk it out with Moshe. 
Moshe is their shepherd. He's in charge of them. Moshe disagrees. In so I can't undo the gzer of other Rabbi Yosi Karsho. She is called Olam If they're not going to die at all, they're not going to go to Olam Haba. If I don't do this, that's why we asked at the beginning. Why does the verse say, um, "I am Hashem"? I have spoken. If this is not what I should do, meaning Hashem is saying. How can I not do this? It's because there's a debate going on here. If I can't do what's better, at least here's what I'm going to do. They will expire, and there they will die. Meaning they will expire in this world, and they will die in the next world. Where the Gemara says that no, there's a verse that says Hashem will gather his pious ones. Meaning that the Jewish people, because of their sins, because they live another 40 years, they're going to have to be Tamu, expire in this world, and Yamusu, they should lose the next world. Who all three are buried in the Midbar, they will gather the people. Meaning that they need gathering, but the merit of these righteous people will bring them back. So again, this amazing explanation that shows you what a true leader of Klal Yisrael is, and we find this many times, that Moshe says, if you're going to wipe out these people, then uh, take, me out of your, um, take me out of your book. And what we're saying here is that Moshe actually ended up doing that. That these people, Moshe, gave his own zuchus to enter into Eretz Yisrael, and his own continued existence, he gave that so that there should be, Jewish people should continue to live through the 40 years, and there should not be a chil Hashem. Um, you know, maybe Bizocha, Parsha Shalach is a difficult Parsha, but when we learn about these things, it helps us to uh, not make these mistakes, to be better, and we should be Zocha to uh, only hear good things, and we should see the building of the base of Mikdash from Arabia, man. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.